0: This is Arab Talk on KPOO 89.5 FM San Francisco. I'm your host, Jamal Dijani. Today, uh, we are going to skip politics to a certain extent and focus on blues, even though they are interconnected, as talking about politics, especially in the Trump era, gives you the blues (laughs) in the house for the full hour. We have Palestinian American Bay Area blues singer, harp player and songwriter, Big Harp, George. So welcome again to the show. Thank you so much, Shimon. And so uh, a little bit about George. You know, many of you no, Dr. George Bisharat from uh, this show, and through his writings as a law professor and an advocate for Palestinian rights, but he's also big harp, George, a rising star in the blues scene. George burst onto the national blues scene in 2014 with a debut album entitled "Chromaticism." Chromaticism that was nominated both for a Blues uh, Music Award and Blues Blast Magazine Award for the Best New Artist Album. So, uh, George's uh, latest release, Uptown Cool, which we're going to be talking about at most of the show, is winning rave reviews and is available through all major hard copy and digital platforms, including uh, CD Baby, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and all the rest. Catch his act live at these Bay Area blues hotspots, and we'll announce them a few times during the show. This coming Monday, September 24th, 7 to 11 p.m. at Eli's Mile High Club in Oakland. Friday, October 12th, at the at Biscuits and Blues in San Francisco. Two shows at I think I'm going to come to this one, 7:30 and 10 p.m. Club. Fox in Redwood City on Wednesday, October seventeenth, seven to eleven p.m. and the Smoking Pig in Fremont Friday, October twenty-six, nine p.m. to midnight. You're gonna keep, you're gonna stay busy. For I a sure while. am. Yeah. And you've been busy. I have. So been. again, welcome again to Arab Talk, George. Thanks so much. And congratulations on your, on uh, your upward trajectory. Thank you. But let's backtrack a bit and talk about your lightning transition, I would say, from a scholarly law professor to an acclaimed blues artist. So why blues, George?
1: Well, I've been playing blues music ever since I was a teenager, a young teenager. I think I picked up the harmonica when I was maybe 13 or 14 years old. And since I'll be 64 in November, that's almost 50 years of, of playing harmonica. Um, And I joined my first blues band to the best of my recollection. I was about 16 years old. I was a student at UC Davis and joined a a band with some graduate students who were playing blues at that time. And and off and on, I have played blues ever since. Um, It all took a backseat to my professional career for many years. But intermittently, I'd get an opportunity and I'd record maybe on a CD um, and a kind of turning point came about, well, I guess it's probably 17, 18 years ago now, a good friend of mine uh, who goes by the name of Otis Grand. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty well-known blues musician in the U.K. Uh, he was over here recording uh, an album with Joe Louis Walker, who's a very well-known, origin- spent many years in the Bay Area. He's, he's left it since. Anyway, they were recording an album and needed one more song to, you know, to complete the album. So I got invited in to record a song. And it was after that that Otis took me aside and he said, "Hey George, you know you're playing professional stuff. I mean, you really ought to get yourself together a band and start playing, and, and you never know where it'll take you." So, <laughs> so um, yeah, that was kind of when I got my second wind, um, and I started you know up in my game and playing more, practicing more, uh, and then you know like I like you have already announced, um, I came out with my first my own CD. Uh, four years ago, that was called Chromaticism. Mm.
0: So, uh, I've said earlier that we're going to focus on music and blues, but I, as I was listening to Uptown Cool in the car on my way to the studio, which is, uh, by the way, a masterpiece. I, Thank I have you. To congratulate you again. Thank you. It's 12 original tunes. You've sang that they uh, you've sang about day to day topics, right. ranging from online dating to the human costs of disruptive technologies. I think uh, yeah. something about uh, yeah. uh, you know the cost of uh, the taxi driver's hack exactly. classes, which is worthless now because right. Uber exactly. and and other left exactly. uh, yeah. and, and so forth. That's in the song and "Cold Snap" by the beat yeah, yeah, and and uh, and of course my favorite is uh, "Alternative Facts," <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> you know. T- just brings it home. Yeah. You know, the <laughs> Kellyanne Conway and right. Donald Trump. Let's listen a little bit. Then sure. I want to, I want sure. you to tell us about this new release Uptown Cool. Sure. So uh, let's hit. Actually, let's start with my favorite song. <music>
2: of my life but just under the radar guy. But I'm starting to see a new way to roll And roll the lid off the sky I always thought that truth mattered Upheld honesty to the max Man, that cat really blue A little secret I'll share just with you I taught him everything he knew My vast potential On my Alternative facts Played a tune For the Pope At his padding Rome. That poor man Dropped to one knee He said to me George, can I make you a saint? I told him That'll sue me to a tear Toot someone calls you on your alternative facts. Oh man, that's easy. I got an answer for everything. You know what you tell them? Here's what you tell them. All you got is fake news. Yeah, that's what you tell them. All you got is
0: Fake news and alternative facts. Yes. In the house, we have with us Big Harp George. We're going to be talking blues the entire hour and his latest album, Uptown Cool. So tell us about this album. Well, uh, this is my third
1: album. Uh, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, it represents my very best work, uh, when i first came on the scene a few years ago when i you know when i first recorded my first album was called chromaticism and mm-hmm. that's because in that at that time i was emphasizing the fact that i was playing the chromatic harmonica
0: well i was going to actually get to that yeah. later sure. because you, we'll, I wanna, we i want
1: we want to know the difference sure. i'll explain okay. when you when you ask me so <laughs> i'll hold that okay. but uh i just you know my my uh, mission at that time was to show the blues world that the chromatic harmonica could be used in a much more uh, interesting and diverse way than it had been in the past. Since that time, I would say, and with this album, uh, my emphasis has shifted from the big harp uh, uh, that my name, Big Harp George refers not to me because I'm not terribly big person, mm-hmm. refers to the harmonica that I prefer to play. Right. But uh, I've shifted now to really focus on what I would call song creation—not just song writing, but song creation—and that means writing the song, of course, writing the lyrics, you know, figuring out the groove, um, fitting all the parts together, and all of that, and you know, putting together an entire song. And uh, from that standpoint, this album is—you know—the songs are more sophisticated; they're more developed; they have more layers; uh, they're more interesting. Um, and so you know, it's kind of. I'm not going to say it's my debut as a songwriter because my last album was also all mm. originals. But um, it's it's the furthest I've pushed. Uh, f-
0: it is. It is creatively. It is very diversified. I mean, the yeah. style. Right. Uh, you have Latin jazz. Yeah. I I think your uh, Latin jazz song. It, it's that's this is what kind of like uh, it brought me to. I want to know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, That's definitely it's kind of like also a favorite of mine. Yes. And then there is some funk. Yeah, there's, there's funk Yeah, into, in it. Sure. And it's a, I mean, in a way, I mean, I think about the blues, but your blues is is a happy type of it, it conveys the message. It talks about the issues that we're facing, you know, day to day issues in the lyrics, right, but it's also uplifting. Well, I'm happy to hear you
1: say that. Um, You know, I I do try to uh, take on topics that are serious, that are important, that um, people need to think about. Um, But I often inject humor into the equation. And I do that naturally, just because that's that's kind of my take on things. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I feel like it opens people's minds a little bit. It disarms people and makes it possible for them to maybe think about things from an angle that they wouldn't otherwise accept.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I mean you have deep words when we you talk about or you sing about, you know, here we live in probably one of the wealthiest areas in the right. country. You talk about San Jose, people freezing. Right. You talk about people losing their livelihood. Yeah. And, you, you know, I mean, we live in this area, right. of course, Silicon Valley. Right. People right. think of the Valley of the yeah. Millionaires. And, yeah. and yet you talk about the suffering
1: of sure. people. Sure, sure. That particular song, of course, is not lighthearted. It's not humorous. You're, you're talking about Cold Snap by the Bay. Right. And that was inspired by true events. It was, you know, I think it was in the winter of 2015 mm-hmm. that um, I heard on the news that three men, three homeless men, had frozen to death in San Jose in one night when it was a particularly cold snap.
0: Mm -hmm. So
2: it's real. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, all my songs emerge out of actual experience. Um, You know, that's not to say I don't embellish and and, uh, use a little creative license and all that sort of thing, but they all originate in my own experience or the experience of others I observe closely Mm -hmm. around me. So um, that, I think, is... You know, if you if you if you write songs that reflect your own reality, uh, then I think you're you're you are sort of on the way to doing something original and cliche free. And that's that's something that I really. And
0: you're true to your art, and yeah. true to basically right. blues. So uh, you brought your harmonica with you. Yeah. So we'd love to hear you play sure. it. Uh, for those who haven't heard uh, heard you play before, you play the big chromatic harmonica instead of the smaller diatonic harmonic favored right. by most blues players. Right. So uh, please first explain the difference. Sure. Well, a diatonic harmonica, and I, I brought
1: one of each, and I know, you know, your Facebook people anyway can mm. can, can see uh, the harmonica on the camera. Mm. That's a diatonic harmonica. It has 10 holes. If I hold my, you know, put my hand around it, and again, I'm not such a big person, but it disappears in my fist. Right. So it's a, it's a pretty small instrument.
2: Right. Um,
1: this is the instrument that blues players have favored uh, throughout the history of the genre from the beginning. Now... You know, Beginning in the 50s, people started to also play the larger chromatic, and now I'm holding up one of the biggest chromatic Can harmonicas. You
0: hold them together to, to, sure. to show the difference, yep. I think? Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah,
1: by the way, if anyone wants to go to my website, uh, 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 bigharpgeorge.com, I have videos that explain all of this stuff in more detail than we'll get into today. So this... this uh, Chromatic harmonica is, you know, has got 16 holes instead of 10 like the diatonic, and it has this button or slider on the end. Okay. And when you, if if you look inside there, Jamal mm-hmm. and your viewers, when I push this in, you'll see one set of holes close and another set of holes open. Right. What that does is it it it, it opens up. Uh, a, a, a set of reeds, another set of reeds that are tuned a half step higher than the, you know, than the than the ones when, when it's when it's uh, oh. like that when the button is out, right. You press it in, and it and it uh, gives you a different set of reeds that are tuned a half step higher. Mm-hmm. So it's called a chromatic harmonica because you have an entire chromatic 12 note scale, and you can achieve that by using this button. Okay. Right. That's just playing one note and and depressing the button and getting the halftone higher. Um, The the diatonic harmonica doesn't have that. Now, you know, the diatonic harmonica also doesn't have a complete scale. It skips certain notes. It's designed that way so that you can play certain chords, right? Um, Over time, people learned how to what's called bend notes. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and so, kind of like how how were they do yeah, playing the on guitar a string of a guitar. A, yeah, right. you change the pitch. In the guitar's case, you're 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 sort of uh, stretching. I guess you're probably shortening the string,
0: you know. By Jimmy p- Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the master of bending.
1: Right. right. Um, anyway, it it uh, it causes the the uh, you know the the tone to go, the pitch to go higher. Right. right? And. In with a harmonica, the well, I won't. I won't. There, they, people have now developed ways to make it go down in pitch and up in pitch. So now there are people who are capable with a diatonic harmonica of playing a, an entire chromatic scale right. through the use of bending. Now with the chromatic harmonica, you don't. You don't do that. You can use the button. Mm-hmm. You can use the. You can use bending still to create feeling and effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you don't need to use it for the sake of, of, um, of achieving notes. Now, what I do, though, mm-hmm. is I take a lot of the technique. See, I played, I played diatonic harmonica for the first 40 years of my playing most of the time. That's how it like, started. Like, right. most, like, like most other blues players. Right. And it was only not even 10 years ago that I kind of started shifting over and focusing more on the chromatic. Um, but when I did that, I started importing techniques that were developed for the diatonic harmonica. And, and I play them on the chromatic. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I might go. <laughs> that uh, that pulsating effect is achieved by, you know, I put my mouth over the harmonica and then I slap it. Mm-hmm. I kind of... Uh, pulse my tongue on the face of the harmonica while drawing in or blowing out air and it causes that pulsating sound. Or I might go Now there, I'm playing octaves. Mm -hmm. I'm playing two notes simultaneously. I'm putting my tongue in the middle and blocking some notes and I'm playing, blowing air or drawing air on the two sides of my tongue so I'm playing those two notes that mm-hmm. are that are that are exposed. So, um, all these little sort of techniques that were developed to make the diatonic sound bigger, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know because the the diatonic really kind of grew out of the out of the minstrel tradition. You know, guys would go to juke joints, and you know they, they might have just a guitar accompaniment, or they might even be by themselves. There were there were guys like Rice Miller, Sonny Boy Williams the, the second. Who, uh, you know, they'd go and they'd play an entire, you know, gig by themselves oh, wow. and people yeah. would be dancing and all that kind of stuff. To do that, you have to make this little instrument, you know, do every, every possible trick you can to make it bigger. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is also uh, uh, involves kind of keeping your own time. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of rhythmic stuff that's done on the diatonic that I also do on – on the chromatic. Mm-hmm. So there are people who play the chromatic in jazz, in tango, in mm-hmm. classical. They are brilliant. They're mm-hmm. technically unbelievable players, way better than me technically. They don't do this diatonic stuff. They don't do all the, they don't use this little bag of tricks that I do. So I don't sound anything like the jazz, you know, the great jazz players like Toots Tillman and and uh, Gregoire Marais and others like that. They're they're fabulous. I admire them greatly. But my sound is completely different, and it really comes out of that blues diatonic tradition.
0: Well, I, I read somewhere, I mean, I know, I mean, number one, you make it sound very easy, you know, the transitioning, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, th- this requires hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of practice. Sure, sure, But I've uh, also read that you drew uh, on earlier musical innovators like George Smith, right. William Clark, right. and Paul DeLay. Yeah, Paul DeLay, yeah. But Paul DeLay seems to be your favorite. Why? That's right. Well, Paul was just a musical
1: genius, and I think probably the greatest harmonica player uh, since Little Walter, blues in the blues tradition anyway. He played both diatonic and chromatic, um, but he did things on the chromatic harmonica that n- I'd never heard anybody do before. Now, you know George Smith, who you mentioned, he's kind of the godfather of the chromatic harmonica in mm-hmm. blues, and he introduced that technique of playing octaves. That and he used to do that a lot, which I adopted. William Clark, who you mentioned, uh, who lived in the Los Angeles area, passed away in the in the mid to late 90s. Uh, had a kind of a jazzy style, which I've also built on. But Paul DeLay is the one who first introduced me, anyway, to the idea of playing the um, the chromatic harmonica in different positions in blues. And I, I don't want to go all harp geek on you, but um, we don't, when when a song is in the key of c right. we don't always necessarily pick up a c harmonica mm-hmm. we might pick up a b flat harmonica we might pick up an f harmonica those would be the two you know common alt or we might play in a c harmonica those are in diatonic tradition those are called different positions right mm-hmm. so i've uh, in in chromatic harmonica in blues before paul delay there was almost no recorded instance of anybody playing in anything except third position, which has a very distinctive and very cool sound. But when I first started... um you know, emphasizing the chromatic, I realized, you know, partly because of Paul's brilliant music. He was, by the way, a great singer and a great songwriter, too.
0: Which you are. I mean, well. I mean, you do it all. That's what actually surprised Thank you. me. Thank That's before, very kind of you. When I, like, oh, big harp, you he <laughs> plays, you know, the harmonica. And then right. when I started listening to right. your album, <laughs> and here you are, you're not only playing and you've written the words but you're also singing well thanks and you have a great voice thanks thank I you mean, and i mean i'm i don't i'm know working how do on it really yeah. playing and singing and doing it all well, really it takes so practice. we have a we have requests request saying that they want to hear sure. another song so sure. i Go going to the next song and and this is again it, it, it you shift here a little bit and and, and this is one of my favorites
2: been cool and I wouldn't want to spoil a good thing but clearly something's changing like stars are rearranging so forgive me if I'm wondering You well, I know that's what you want to, so, excuse me if I. Smile passing over your face. Your heart is in the same place. So I think I'm safe in asking.
0: Welcome back to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco. This is Jamal Dijani, and for the full hour, we're talking blues with Big Harp George (laughs) and his latest album, Uptown Cool. You've just listened to the fourth track on the album, I Wanna Know, and again, this was one of my favorites and some Latin jazz in it. Right? What inspired you to write this one?
1: Uh, it, it was the confluence of two different influences. So first of all, I've been lucky over the last six, eight years to have traveled to Brazil a number of times for my day job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've gotten exposed to the incredible musical traditions of that country, of which there are many, you right. know, not just one. Um, and uh, uh, th- there was a particular song that some friends of mine – friends of mine introduced me to an artist – uh, by the name of Angela Jojo, mm-hmm. if you want to look it up on uh, YouTube, just keep in mind that it's spelled R O R O, not, uh, and that's pronounced Jojo in Jojo. Portuguese, yeah. in in Brazilian Portuguese anyway. Um, and uh, I just love the 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 song. It, w- it was I would call it almost a Brazilian take on the tango. Okay. Um, just loved it and i just knew i wanted to use it in some way or another
0: hint of cuban in a way
1: yeah maybe we you know because we're we don't we're not from brazil and we probably screwed things up and Mm -hmm. you know introduced influences that maybe shouldn't have been there but you know um this was not the first time by the way you know my on my second album wash my horse in champagne the title song was another one of these uh, brazilian inspired tunes right so Anyway, that 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 was where the musical ideas come from. Some of the some of the uh, the feel, the groove, some of the melody, parts of the melody, the beginning introduction that I play on the on the harmonica is actually very similar uh, to what a guy plays on on the accordion in the original. Um, the uh, I was struggling, however, to find a topic. It it was it's a very romantic. Uh, Tune and feel and all of that, so I, I wanted a romantic topic, and I was I was trying to get it together in the winter of this you know of this year of 2018, early in the year, and the Harvey Weinstein story broke, as did the you know many other cases of sexual harassment. Right, and I knew I wanted to do a song about that, uh, and my initial inclination was to do something really, you know, declarative, like, you know, keep your flipping hands to yourself. That was kind of the phrase that that first came to mind. But then I thought, you know, what if I did it a little bit more subtly and instead of, you know, just outright, you know, trashing people, what if I what if I talked about what what it's like as as a person in this day and age when you feel a relationship is Turning toward the romantic from friendship, uh, you know, maybe a work relationship mm. or whatever. What do you do? What's what's the right thing to do under those circumstances when you want to make a move, but you don't want to f- be offensive? And you know, so it's 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 kind of the idea is well, you know, you can always ask. That's right. right. <laughs> You know, I want to know. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: where well, do I stand with you? Well, now we've you've explained yeah. it. I didn't know the uh, what was behind it. Yeah. Really, That's I mean, besides, it's a catchy tune right. and, and right. It's, a, it's a great song. Right. Just want to remind our listeners, uh, Georgia's latest release, Uptown Cool, and that's what we will be listening uh, to other songs, of course, is winning rave reviews and is available through all major hard copy and digital platforms, including CD Baby, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and all the rest. Casts catch his act for those of us who live in the Bay Area. And so you so this coming Monday, uh, September 24th, 7 to 11 p.m., George will be uh, performing at uh, Eli's High Club, Mile High Club in Oakland, Friday, October 12th at Biscuits and Blues right here in San Francisco. Two shows, one at 7.30 p.m. and the other one is at 10 p.m. And in Redwood City at Club Fox on Wednesday, October 17, 7 to 11 p.m. And The Smoking Pig in Fremont, Friday, October 26, 9 p.m. to midnight. And if you want to find out more, go to Big Harp George, right? Yeah, Big Harp dot com yeah. and, and because uh, if you want to. Make sure that you catch his next performance or if you want to order his latest album, all the information is is there. So uh, <clears throat> yeah, all these gigs, by the way, are
1: album part of the album release tour, so to speak. So I'll be playing the songs from the new I album. I mean,
0: which is really fantastic, I have to say you know, not, not just to give you compliments that your music is great, but also for me personally, a jazz lover, blues l- lover, because I remember basically getting introduced to jazz mm-hmm. initially right. coming here in the seventies. Uh-huh. And, and, and this is something I wanted to ask you about because right. you're, you're kind of reviving it. And it's in, in particular in San Francisco, there right. were more jazz clubs right. in the Fillmore, yeah. also on Union Street mm-hmm. and the there where KPO is, is located. And despite latest attempts to revive the Fillmore, yeah. this is during um, Mayor Brown, and it seems that jazz is struggling to make that comeback. Right. Is blues making a comeback? Is it going to rise up to prominence as it used to be, as one of America's uh, popular music? I think it's. In, I think it's quite possible, and I, I think the path
1: to that uh, place is uh, is in doing music that's socially relevant to today. There was a long period in blues uh, where I think people were. Kind of mesmerized by the by the founders, and the founders were phenomenal. And we may never be their equals. I will concede that you know BB and Freddie King and Albert King and all those f- incredible guys and gals,
0: um, which by the way influenced all genres of music. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And roll and sure. Others, you know. Sure. Uh, we, I, th- I think there
1: was a period when when blues got stale. And, uh, and I'm, I don't think I'm alone. No way. I'm, I I sure don't mean to say I'm like a lone crusader, but I'm one uh, of, of a number of blues artists who are trying to bring the genre into the present and push it into the future. And and that's, that's why I write about things that are going on today. And I'm not singing about traditional blues topics. Like I woke up in the morning and my woman was gone and, you know, there was a bottle of whiskey on the floor and you know, all that stuff, which is, you know, all that's fine. I'm not criticizing it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that, you know, that young people of today, in particular, are not going to be intrigued by that kind of stuff. We have to, we have to be singing about stuff that pertains to what's going on in people's lives today. So that's, that's what I try to do
0: with my songs. So, from your audience when you perform live, uh, I mean when you talk about young people talking about the millennials and so forth yeah and 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 that's what i used to hear the complaint before is well they're not paying attention to jazz they're not paying attention what's the uh, i'm
1: starting to see quite a few young people at gigs these days i actually you know one of the the lead song on the on the new album is called down to the right aid and that's that's a you know that's sort of a uh, humorous song about getting older myself, and you know, and and starting to spend more time at the at the drugstore picking up prescriptions than I am out at the club. You know, mm-hmm. uh, used to be down to the nightclub if you will remember the old Tower right. of Power song. Yeah. So I'm saying it's down to the Rite Aid these days for many of us. But um, I go out now and I I perform that song and I see a lot of young people out in the audience. That's
0: very encouraging. It's very encouraging. Well, let's listen to another song. I want to listen to uh, Nobody's Listening. Sure, sure.
2: Say, Honey, I'm cold. I'd whip off my jacket, didn't need to be told. So it hurts me to tell you now, nobody's listening anymore. nights baby did we go out with friends you drop an insult from which no friendship mends, and i'm sorry to share with you nobody's listening To finally catch on You ain't right with the world, girl Just a bubble I prongs And now the time has come, dear For you to find your own way I'm done cleaning up your messes That's why Goodbye, baby I know it's got to burn Wish I could help you, girl But you know it's what you earn While it pains me to tell you now Nobody's listening finally took its toll. You ain't right with the world, baby. Some kind of magnet for woe. And now it's up to you, dear, to find your own way. I've done cleaning up your messes. That's why Baby I know It's got to burn Wish I could help you go, But it's Only what you earn So while it pains me To tell you now Nobody's listening
0: This was Nobody's Listening, Big Harp George from his latest album, Uptown Cool. And uh, we were talking during the break about all the musicians you've been working with. Yeah. And I'd I listened to some beautiful guitar playing, and yeah. piano. <laughs> and mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I play with the very best. Blues musicians in the Bay Area, blues jazz musicians in the Bay Area, and that means some of the best musicians in the entire country. That's right. Um, that solo on the last song you played was by Little Charlie Beatty, the longtime leader of Little Charlie and the Nightcats. Uh, on uh, that, the horn arrangement uh, on that song was by the brilliant trombone player Mike Rinta, who's local, um, and uh, Mike. Michael Pelliquin on Saxophone is a, a, a great player and a ranger for me. Chris Burns, my keyboard player, um, and he works, he works hand in glove with me on the songs to develop them. Um, Kid Anderson, you know, uh, was the recording engineer, played guitar and bass on different songs on, mm-hmm. on this particular album, as he has on all of my uh, recordings. He's a brilliant musician. He, he can play anything. Um, and uh, just just great people to be around too.
0: No, no it's 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 really great. I mean, uh, it, it sounds that uh, you know, especially from the names that you've mentioned, yeah. you're surrounded by right a lot of talent. Right. I shouldn't leave out, by the way, Joe Kyle on bass, great, great
1: stand up and uh, guitar bass player.
0: Mm. Yeah. So um, you were born in Topeka, Kansas. Yeah. To a Palestinian father and and an Irish-American mother. Correct. So you're a product of immigrants who came to this country. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am. And I know that your Palestinian upbringing has influenced your political critical thinking and advocacy. Absolutely. But how did it influence your music, uh, if it actually did?
1: Well, um, so I do have a song on my last album called Justice in My Time, which is about Palestine. And it's 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 about uh, you know it, it's about I mean my my grandfather's home in the Talbiya quarter of Jerusalem was expropriated by the Israelis without compensation, just like you know the properties of seven hundred and fifty thousand other Palestinians who were expelled mm-hmm. uh, or fled at that time, um, and uh, you know so so I, I sing about the 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 topic. Um, Musically, it is ahead of me. That is, it's 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 on my agenda that I want to engage Arabic music in the same way I've been doing some of the Brazilian stuff. Right. I haven't pulled it off yet, and in fact, you know, open invitation to any of your viewers or listeners, um, you know, to to engage, to suggest songs, uh, and and you know, to to uh, to join me in some way. Um, have so, you... Have yeah.
0: you- Talk to other, uh, you know, musicians from the Middle East, from Palestine, whatever local ones here, because we've had another George here, yeah, who plays the violin, sure, and he uh, actually plays some fusion between Arabic right. and Latin music. He brings his yeah. friend, uh, a, a, a Spanish guitarist.
1: Interesting. Again. Yeah, um, I have not. Uh, I I have once performed that song that I that I mentioned to you, Justice, in my time with a with a guy playing kanun mm-hmm. uh, at a at a fundraising event, um, and with Roger w- Waters, by the way, backing us up on bass. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, uh, but um, no other beyond that, I haven't, and it's like I said, it's on my agenda. But for I the mean, future,
0: I, I'm thinking aside from the m- musical aspect of it. But when you think of blues, you think of oppressed people, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely, I mean, and so there is a connection for in sure a, in a, in a way. Was that subliminal or was just that? No, I think it was quite you, conscious. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> I, you well, moved you know, to that direction.
1: So I I grew up in Northern California, right. um, and. It, uh, at least from from we from uh, junior high school age, I, I lived in Northern California, and early on, I was exposed. Interestingly enough, by my mother, <laughs> to the Black Panther Party, um, and well, you, you know, write
0: right, in the
1: yeah, right, <laughs> <headquarters>. no, <laughs> right, no. exactly, no, it's not. exactly. <laughs> well, my my mother was very. You knew my mother, and you knew what kind of person she yeah. was. Um, she was very open-minded and she actually took me out of high school class to go listen to David Hilliard talk at at what was then called Sac State. This was like in, I don't know, it must have been 1969 or 70 maybe. Anyway, I asked David Hilliard a question about Palestine and I was shocked at how well-informed he was and how brilliant his and, and politically principled, his analysis was. From that point forward, I have never forgotten that, you know, that those guys had our backs and so we have to have theirs too. It was this, this sense of deep solidarity, honestly, uh, that, and, and that was a kind of a, a seminal moment in my consciousness about that. That course wasn't the only Thing that ever happened that that reaffirmed that um, that solidarity. But I've always felt that I've always I've always identified. I, I mean, I've had a very privileged life. Let's not be you know. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, I've I've lived very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, justice and particularly racial justice or injustice, injustice. really in this country. Has always been a preoccupation of mine. I've written but, but, about it. I've spoken about it. But you also
0: experienced it through yeah,
1: of course through the stories told by your absolutely f- father, you or know? that I've experienced myself every time I fly into you know to try to go home. That's right. Yeah. So yes, uh, the um, I guess I, I I mean if you don't mind, I'll mention another song that is not on the album, but which I'm working on. I'm actually working on a music video. It's called "Take a Knee." Wow. And it's a song that I wrote uh, to express solidarity with Colin Kaepernick and the other athletes. Uh, that's right. This athletes. is big. Yeah. The that other is. athletes who are... are and I'm, I wrote this over a year ago. It's been sort of slow in coming to fruition. Um, but we're on the verge of, of putting out a music video um, that you know that, 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 for the song called Take a Knee.
0: When do you expect that to be released?
1: Oh, I'm really t- hoping to get it out within the next couple of weeks. Why? Wow. It's, we've done all the shooting for it. Um, I, I went uh, recently to a Raiders game in Oakland and then down to the 49ers game last Sunday uh, at Levi Stadium. And we found fans in the parking lot um, who were willing to take a knee with me in support of Colin Kaepernick. So we filmed that and we filmed, I, I, It's a song that just has guitar played by Kid Anderson and me singing and playing harmonica. Um, And um, uh, so we have footage of of us playing the music. Um, And, uh, you know, we'll weave in other images from, you know, from that are relevant and um,
0: hope to have it coming out soon. Very, very soon. Well you've been listening for the entire hour to Big Harp George, his latest album, Uptown Cool, and you can catch George performing right here in the Bay Area this Monday. Don't miss it. Especially for, for those who live in the East Bay, and you can also take bar to Auckland at Eli's Mile High Club in Auckland, September twenty fourth, seven to eleven PM. And no cover. And no cover. <laughs> and and then friday october twelfth and this is i'm going you know i'm going there at biscuits and blues in San francisco they're having two shows seven thirty and ten p m then also at club Fox in redwood city on wednesday october seventeenth seven to eleven p m and the smoking pig in fremont friday october twenty six nine p m to midnight and we're gonna we're gonna take us out with uh Track number six, what's
1: that? Uh, that's in the first place, isn't it? That's a, the instrumental. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a little boogie woogie on the harmonica.
0: So we will be talking to you guys next week.